Hey, New Year, same shit. Do you live near Darien, Kirkland, Snohomish, Ellensburg? These are all towns in Washington state where Gabriel will be performing in the next few weeks. January 23rd he's in Cave Junction, Oregon. January 24th and 25th he's in Grants Pass, Oregon. January 27th to February 2nd he's at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas, Nevada. Grants Pass is considered the Las Vegas of Oregon so it should be a smooth transition. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to gabrielrutledge.com. Now it's time to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Episode 53 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check, check, check. Rolling. All right, we're podcasting. Let me blow the dust off the microphone. It's been a it's been a few weeks since I podcasted. Did you miss me? Did you? Did come on, a little bit. Full disclosure: there was no dust on the microphone. I was exaggerating. I've gone two weeks without having sex, and I ever blew the dust up. Let's not start dirty. Uh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ooh. Maybe I should have a little coffee. Clear my throat. Ah, I actually like my coffee. Uh, like I like my women. At the kitchen table. What? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have taken a couple weeks off, uh, from podcasting because I warned you I was gonna. I did, I started writing, uh, started writing my, book year long journal thing sort of a sort of a sequel to my last book it's been 10 years let's check in see where all the grumpy joke tellers at 10 years later um that's probably going to be the title <laughs> old grumpy joke teller more true stories of a road comic um so that's been uh you know i don't know who knows the problem is I've been, uh, I, I kind of been like rereading parts of my old book because I'm like, wait, did I talk about this already? And uh, I shouldn't have done that because I reread the old book and I go, well, this book sucks. So why am I writing another one? Um, but uh, I'm going to ignore those feelings. But I did. I had something kind of embarrassing happen because I, uh, I was looking at uh, my blog. I have a blog. I don't really... Uh, promote it very much because I there's hardly there's a lot of stuff on there but nothing recent. But uh, in in the course of uh, me writing in the past few weeks, uh, a few things came up that I realized I talked about on the blog. Uh, for example, uh, my last comic standing audition, which was what 20, ooh, 2014 something like that. And so I kind of went I went to the blog and like well what did I say about it then? And then I thought, well, if this is going to be in the book someday, maybe I'll just take it off the blog. Uh, or, so I, I decided to, uh, I didn't delete it, I just turned it from published to draft. And I don't know why, I don't know what happened, but then the next day, 
my blog emailed all of my blog subscribers uh, that I had a I had a new blog post, but it wasn't a new blog post. It was one from 2012. Uh, and then the next day, I did the same thing with another blog, and I thought I must have accidentally hit something last time. But I, anyway, I'm gonna unpublish this other post, and then it went. It happened again. So uh, if you subscribe to my blog via email, you got two posts from 2012, uh, which is a little confusing. <laughs> Just in your inbox, if it says uh one of them was about how my wife and I were starting a podcast called The Rutledges. That was from 2012. Uh old news. We did. We did start a podcast and we did it for 3 or 4 years. I can't remember how time works. Uh and then the other post you got in your inbox uh from my blog would be after I did the uh Laughing School Comedy Festival in 2012. Uh, just about that experience. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know why that happened. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, but, uh, that was, <laughs> that was a little embarrassing. Not that, you know, I don't remember how many people email subscribe and I'm sure they forgot they did because, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's been over a year since I, uh, had a new blog post, but, uh, yeah, uh, I guess if you, uh, Maybe some email subscribers are just like, you know what, this guy, uh, is he writing a new book called 2012? Because he seems to give a shit about uh, everything that happened that year. All right, real quick, let's get into... uh, Shit that Gabriel should have said last week. Actually, a few weeks ago. I think Christmas. Christmas week was my last podcast. Uh, And yeah, uh, our Christmas tree is still up. It's only January 9th. Oh, shit, it's my brother's birthday. Uh, we've probably made it to February before with a Christmas tree, probably. I think we're afraid to take it down because when we, we put it up, uh, that it ended up being a chaotic night because uh, uh, my daughters were, like, wrestling around, and I don't know what happened. One of them, uh, Maisie, fell and hit her ear on a table and uh, split it open and had to get stitches and go to the emergency room. And Well, not in that order. We didn't give her stitches and then send her to the emergency room. Like, how do we do? We looked it up on YouTube. I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, so that was, like, a crazy... That was one of those. I was in the attic. Um... Just, uh, like, getting Christmas decorations and shit. And I hear all this screaming and yelling. There's no ladder because we had to move the ladder to move the stuff down. So I'm just, like, looking out this hole from the attic. Like, what's happening? Everyone's screaming. My wife's, like, yelling to my son, Johnny, go get the ladder so Dad can get down. He's bringing the ladder over. He puts it there. It's, like, not set up, so it's going to crash. I'm like, straighten out the ladder. It was fucking chaos, man. Uh, so maybe that's why we're just like, uh, let's leave the tree up. It's safer. Um, anyway, shit I should have said weeks ago on the podcast, uh, I was walking around the mall. (laughs) Um, I might do that again. I don't know. I don't know. I I got two people said they enjoyed the, uh, me walking around a mall like a lunatic. 
um, uh, I guess I could do more uh, on location rambles. But uh, I, I kept saying, every time I said it on the podcast, I kept saying uh, uh, I, I ordered a Bon Me sandwich. And I enjoyed the Bon Me sandwich. And I kept thinking, uh, what does Bon Me mean? Oh, that's hard to say. What does Bon Me mean? Sally sells seashells at the seashore. What does Bon Me mean? What does Bon Me mean? Triple double bubble gum. Uh, what does bon me mean? Because maybe it means sandwich. Am I saying I enjoy a Vietnamese sandwich sandwich? I don't know what it... So I looked it up to see what bon me actually means. Uh, and the literal translation is bread. So I was saying uh, bread sandwich. Which for the record is my favorite kind of sandwich. A bread sandwich. Even like two pieces of bread with like mayonnaise and then another slice of bread in the middle, I'd eat it. I'll take a bread sandwich. Bread sandwich sounds like a urban dictionary sexual term, like bread sandwich. It's a threesome in a Jimmy John's bathroom. I wanted to talk about Ricky Gervais, uh, his his Golden Globes uh, monologue, which uh, was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I found it very enjoyable. And uh, but I found a couple a couple of funny things in the aftermath. Because um, it was really he, you know, first of all, every everything he said had to be cleared. I'm sure he didn't say much that. NBC didn't know what he was going to say, so they're on board with it. I mean, everyone's talking about it. NBC got what they wanted, so it's not like uh, the idea that somehow he like he really did some sort of fuck you to the people that were paying him is kind of silly because clearly that wasn't the case. That's why they hired him. Uh, but I mean, he did some, you know, town. Calling out Apple for having sweatshops while the founder of Apple's in the room. I mean, that's pretty uh, awkward, hilarious. But uh, I don't have audio. I'm not going to play the audio because that would take organization. I'll, I'll read. I'll read the joke real quick, just in case you didn't hear it. Uh, uh, when he was talking about, uh, so you say you're woke. I'm not going to do the accent. <laughs> but the companies you work for are unbelievable. I did it. Gervais, says, Gervais said, Apple, Amazon, Disney, if ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? Um, great joke. And uh, of course I like to see, uh, you know, pretentious Hollywood actors uh, be taken down a notch. But one of the funny things I thought about that is like, you know, us who aren't in Hollywood, we're just... We're just as complicit as Hollywood actors who work for evil companies. You know, uh, even the person who making $15 an hour, thanks Bernie Sanders, uh, in the Amazon warehouse is working for an evil company. Even the people who don't work there but get packages ordered all the time from Amazon are working for a evil company. Uh, even uh, uh, everyone who has an Apple iPhone as a product from an evil company, that's not 
it's fun to look at Hollywood and go, look at these pretentious douchebags. They're actually terrible people because they probably are. But having to do business and enjoy products from evil companies is just part of capitalism. It doesn't feel good, but we're all fucking doing it. That joke was uh, as much about, um, you know, the viewer at home as it was about the people in the room. I mean, it was about the people in the room, but uh, but I, I found that it, look, I get the feeling of like, yeah, these people are fucking evil assholes. How could you work for Apple or Amazon? Well, who doesn't use those products as a human being? You know what I mean? So it, it it's uh that that made me kind of laugh that you know us average people get to point at fucking uh whoever Jennifer Aniston who works for some Apple show and go like, "Oh yeah, you pretentious rich people, Hollywood people, they're not in touch with the common man." Well, the common man is also in a way complicit with uh slave labor. You know, we don't think about it every day because it's too hard. Uh, and also, what 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 would you let's say uh, I didn't use Amazon. Let's say I didn't use Apple. Um, you know, I'll, <laughs> the only person I'm punishing is myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, those are products that are pretty tough to get around. Uh, they're pretty tough to get around not using. So I I thought that was kind of funny. Just Twitter reaction of like, uh. You know, oh, Ricky Gervais really took it to these Hollywood types. And I'm like, that joke's about all of us, man, uh, including Ricky Gervais. Um, and the other thing I thought was kind of funny is uh, there was a lot of – on Facebook, I noticed a lot of people – I have a few uh, – I have some conservative friends on Facebook. I haven't uh, hid yet, unfollowed. And uh, they would share things from, like, Facebook pages, like – you know, Facebook pages called, like, what are the libtards up to or whatever, which, by the way, I'm willing to have any sort of political discussion you want. But if you use the term libtard, we're done. I mean, that's, you're admitting you're a moron. Uh, I'm more than willing to uh, <laughs> make fun of the left. But libtard, come on, come on. But anyway, people were sharing these things like, Ricky Gervais takes down these liberal idiots a peg or two and i it made me laugh because do you think ricky gervais likes you conservative people of course he doesn't especially conservative people tend to be more religious and ricky gervais is uh, an atheist he's a bit of an asshole atheist like that's kind of his thing so it's just funny how all of us pick and choose based on what side we're on uh, but, you know, Ricky Gervais said plenty of things that would not make conservative Christian people happy. Uh, but, you know, that part, that part made me laugh a little bit. Uh, I'm not even like a, I mean, I've watched some of Ricky Gervais's shows. Uh, what was it? Afterlife on, uh, Netflix? I thought was, is that what it was called? Afterlife? After death? I don't know. His wife died and he was suicidal. But it was actually, it, it real, it was close to being like too corny and smulchy. Smul, I don't know, I'm not, I can't say that word. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I watched extras. Enjoyed it. I've tried to watch the British Office. Didn't quite, I didn't make it. I should give that another chance. 
Uh, his stand-up, I don't... It's not that it's awful. It's just not great. You know, his last special was him reading tweets and his response to the tweets. So she tweets to me, and then I respond. I'm like, I, what? You, what? Maybe do that for a couple minutes, but I felt like it was an hour of reading tweets. You said a funny thing to some dumb person, and then she said something to you, and you said something funny back. And I'm like, I don't. Maybe this is a funny uh, party conversation, but this doesn't seem like a stand-up special to me. Uh, but again, it's not like it's terrible. But it, it's just like, I guess compared to the other things Ricky Gervais does, I think stand-up is his weakest uh, thing that he does. <clears throat> compared to the things he does, stand-up's the weakest thing he does. That's You know what? Podcasting is the weakest thing I do. So I'm not judging Ricky Gervais. Uh, I did think it's it's just weird to... I'll say this too. This I'm not the one who pointed this out, but uh, conservative people, if you thought Ricky Gervais was hilarious and really took it to those uh, Hollywood libtards, did you also love Michelle Wolf's White House correspondence performance? Because it's pretty much the same thing, not the same jokes, but it's it's doing jokes to take down the people in the room for the joy of the people watching at home. So uh, at least be consistent. You know, if we if we if we if we're gonna pretend we like uh, taking it to the establishment, uh, you can't be political about it. You know, oh, he finally took down those uh, Hollywood liberal douchebags, but. Politics isn't filled with hypocritical douchebags? Come on. Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, If you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, But if you do have a podcast... um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of the Rutledges. uh i did also uh i saw uh <laughs> i saw a tweet from uh actually i should find it hold on i saw a tweet from uh hold on this is not good tweet from uh andy kindler andy kindler comedian probably most famous for uh giving the uh state of comedy address at the just for last festival every year well i where i uh, will point out he makes fun of a lot of people that's you know it's sort of a roast of the comedy industry uh but after uh the, i saw i follow him i don't uh he said this is his tweet an opening monologue that includes calling 
James Corden a fat pussy is proof that Ricky Gervais is a lazy bully. It's not even a joke. It's just mean. Andy. Come on, dude. The joke, which oh, I wish I had the audio. The joke. This is the joke. Uh, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. <laughs> he was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Come, I mean, come on. That's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, it's a fat joke, but like, what? Comedy is about who we are, not who we wish we were. And if we're worried about punching down, James Corden, I'm sure, is a multimillionaire. He's a movie star and hosts his own talk show. Like, it's just a funny joke, man. A bully. You, you're telling me if we went and looked at all of the uh, state of the comedy addresses Andy Kendler's done, we wouldn't find one joke that would qualify as bullying? Give me a fucking break. I don't understand that. I mean, comedy's not always nice. When people get hit in the balls with a wiffle ball bat, <laughs> the old standard uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, someone gets hit in the nuts with a baseball bat, you laugh. You don't, maybe later you think it, but you don't go, you know, as the wiffle ball bat hits the dad in the nuts, you don't go like, oh, wow, I bet that hurt. I hope that didn't, uh, I hope he didn't have to go to the doctor. I hope that didn't uh, interfere with his reproductive capabilities. <laughs> you just, laughter is an involuntary response when it's done well. An involuntary response. You laugh at shit you don't agree with if it's well done. I don't have anything against, I don't have anything against James Corden. But that joke made me laugh. Uh, first of all, he got away with saying fat pussy on network television. They didn't even beep it because he was talking about the movie Cats, so he got away with it. Even that, James, the world got to know James Corden is a fat pussy this year? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're not living if you don't laugh at that. What am I worried about James Corden for? Who gives a fuck? He can dry his tears with the money he made from carpool karaoke. What the fuck are we worried about? Oh, James Corden talks about how he's chubby all the time. I just don't... Look, there's a line. I get that there's a line, but I just, you know... When comedians don't understand comedy, what the fuck? Uh, I think Andy Kendler doesn't like Ricky Gervais because Andy Kendler is a somewhat of a religious man, and uh, Ricky Gervais is, like I said, uh, likes to battle it out about atheism. But I mean, that's just, come on. Oh, he's, Ricky Gervais is a bully. Give me a break. give me a break. That's just stupid. Stop thinking. Everyone in the world, stop thinking so goddamn much. Just laugh. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person. You know? Well, I'm sure James Corden really struggles with uh, weight loss and uh, 
you know, he's in a profession where that kind of thing is uh, re- really uh, scrutinized. So he probably really struggles. I'm sure that's a real bad. I don't give a shit. James Gordon <laughs> is a fat pussy is going to make me laugh. I also struggle with my weight. I still think it's funny. Jesus Christ. He had another, Ricky Gervais had another joke about how people in Hollywood aren't qualified to like give speeches about anything because most of them have spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. Another great fucking joke. No one in the room laughed because they're like, you know, maybe they feel like they can't. And it, it doesn't mean Ricky Gervais doesn't believe in climate change. It doesn't mean he thinks Greta Thun Thornburg is full of shit. It just means, hey, wait a minute. Does that kid even go to fucking school? That's a good point. It's a joke. Holy fuck, society. And I don't mind this from fucking some receptionist who works at State Farm. But from other comedians, fucking pick a side. Comedian first, human second. That's the deal we all fucking made. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm joking. Andy Kindler sucks. No one tell him I said that. That's the beauty of not having a very big of a platform. No one tell him I said this because I will definitely shake his hand and say hi if I ever meet him in person. But I don't think he's good at comedy. And uh, I don't like this weird moral stance of policing everyone else's jokes. Uh, it's, It's really bizarre to me. Like, oh, that's not what we do. That's not what you do. You know, it made people happy, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, Ricky Gervais went home in his limo or private jet and was like, I really spoke truth to power. I really did something good. No, he was just making fun of the people in the room. He's taken the wind out of some pretentious people's sails, and it was funny. Ricky Gervais knows he's also a Hollywood douchebag. I'm speaking on his behalf, but I'm sure he's pretty aware of that. So, I don't know. It's weird. A person who roasts the comedy industry every year. Maybe Andy Kindler's never made a fat joke. But I'd rather be called fat than an untalented hack. And I'm sure he he called, uh, you know, uh, Dane Cook that a few years ago. I guess fat, untalented hack would be the worst, but you know, it's, it's, uh, we're not in the nice person business. And I, I don't know. It's, Andy Kendler's the kind of comedian that if he tells a joke and it doesn't get a good response, he gets a laugh on the joke not getting a good response, which, is a weapon all comedians have, but I would say I don't think it should be your first weapon. When your act is based around the failure of your jokes, maybe let's reevaluate. I know Andy Kendler's doing a lot better than I am, 
And I did enjoy Andy Kindler when he was like man on the street for David Letterman. But I'm just saying, if you're going to be that preachy about everyone else, I can be preachy about you. I don't think you're particularly good at comedy. Should I delete this? Not sure. This is our secret, podcast listeners, that (laughs) maybe 200 people who eventually listen to this don't say shit. What do I have to lose? I don't give a shit about Andy Kindler or Ricky Gervais. You know, I was thinking, though, it is kind of interesting that, uh, like, you, you know, I also think that, like, uh, Hollywood, I, I have trouble watching the Oscars and the Golden Globes because they, they are very, it seems very, uh, self congratulatory and, uh, it seems very vapid and, fake and uh it's an industry based on uh bullshit but you know i don't particularly want to hear the political opinions of celebrities either but i would say because of social media the same people who are constantly complaining that celebrities should shut the fuck up and just do their job are also on facebook every night Telling everyone else what their political opinions are, and they're a plumber, or a UPS driver, or a fucking teacher. So I don't, I don't really, based on current social media, I don't think any of us have a leg to stand on to say, uh, famous people should just shut up and do their job. They're here to entertain us. We don't, you know, we don't care about their opinions. Well, you know, isn't that also true? If, if millions of people know you, you're not allowed to say your opinion. But if you have uh, 800 Facebook friends, then you're allowed to spout off anything you want? That seems like a weird system. You know, I don't particularly uh, like to engage in politics on Facebook, but we all have a fucking crazy aunt who, <laughs> you know... Uh, posts wearing a bathrobe and a mega hat or on the other side uh you know some sort of uh whatever the liberal equivalent of that is uh so i don't yeah that that criticism uh seems hypocritical at this point i get it i get when some celebrity goes up there and says you know uh you know, I want to take this opportunity to talk about blah, blah, blah. You're just like, oh, God, roll my eyes. But, you know, Uber drivers do it all the time uh, in the cab and on their Twitter account. Well, it's not a cab. It's their fucking car. But that's how good the economy is. That's how good we're doing as a nation. Our car is a taxi. <laughs> Our house is an Airbnb. The economy is so good, everyone has four jobs. That's how good it is. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if you have opinions, um, you should get a podcast. That's okay. I guess that's my point. Is that what I'm trying to say? No. You just listen to the opinion and you roll your eyes and you go, whatever. I remember after 9-11, the one in 2001, not the ones after that. 
I was told to never forget that one in particular, and I took a solemn oath, and I will never forget. By the way, have I ever... I might have told this story. I did a show on... Uh, I was like a year into comedy uh, in September 11th, 2001. I would be like... I'd, I'd been doing comedy for 11 months at that point. But on uh, uh, 9-13, September 13th, 2001, I had a gig... At Jimmy G's Casino in uh, Lakewood, Washington. And, uh, y- you know, if you're old enough, you remember. That was a pretty messed up time. Everyone was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, do we just go back to life now? Like, what's happening? Um, but uh, I was talking to the other comics before the show. I think I was hosting. Um, I, pr- I hope I was hosting. I was 11 months into comedy. And, uh, I, t- I was, t- I'll say his name, Ron Osborne. He doesn't even do comedy anymore, but he, he did. He used to live in Portland. Uh, he's funny, wacky dude. And we were talking, uh, before, you know, just at the table before the show even started and, uh, about what had happened. And, you know, uh, I said to Ron, I go, I just hope, I just hope the Friends apartment complex is okay in New York City. Um, just not even like, uh, you know, just making a dumb joke. Friends was on at the time. Wasn't even uh, in reruns or uh, in uh, syndication or uh, streaming. That's how long ago this was. It was just a show that was on, Friends. And, uh, you know, whatever. We have a conversation. I say a dumb joke about I hope the friend's apartment complex is okay. I do my part of the show. It's fine. I probably did a lot of dumb jokes about how he looked gay, but I wasn't. It was a very popular theme for my act back then. But um, uh, Ron goes on stage, and uh, he's doing all right. He does a lot of like w- w- weird improv stuff, so he takes a lot of risks. So he was doing okay, but not amazing. And at one point, he brings up what had happened. No one called it 9-11 then. They called it two days ago. Uh, and he said, I just hope the friend's apartment complex is okay. Which, um, that's not really what we do in comedy. We don't uh, talk before the show and then take lines from the person we were talking to and then say them on stage. It's not really a thing we're supposed to do. Uh but even besides that, it did not go over well. Uh, in fact, it got, I wouldn't call it booze, it got angry noises. Like, hey! And, uh, and then Ron said, that's what Gabriel told me before the show. What? Okay, so you steal my line. It bombs and makes people mad, and then you blame me? Ron. You son of a bitch, Ron Osborne. And they, there was Marines in the crowd who were very upset. And I think the only reason it didn't get real bad, because they were really fucking mad, is, uh, is Ron Osborne was a former Marine. And so we started talking about that and sort of calmed them down. Cause they were like, what the fuck, man? Don't say that shit. Which is like, what? I don't. Friends, friends isn't real. Did you guys know that? Um, 
What if they weren't upset because they were Marines and upset about uh, the state of the country? They were upset because they were really big <laughs> fans of the show Friends. Don't say that shit about Ross and Rachel. I think they're going to make it this time. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, have I told that before? Should I have told it this time? It doesn't matter. Uh, the Oscars after 9-11. That's what I was going to talk about. Uh, Tom Cruise, like, opened it up with a real douchey speech about, you know, in times like this, people are like, should we even celebrate the movies? And he was like, dare I say, more than ever. And everyone clapped. And you, <laughs> and you kind of, it was just like, oh, God. But here's the thing. I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong because maybe not the more than ever part, but like there's a weird Twitter thing where you'll pe you'll see people tw post stuff that's like, "Hey, sorry I haven't weighed in on this Iran stuff. I'm just taking some me time." It does. I'm I I acknowledge the horrors going on in the world, but I just I can't right now. Hey, at dipshit underscore sixty nine. No one cares. You don't have to comment. Whose followers are like, when are you going to weigh in on this thing that's happening? I don't. I mean, there that's a weird thing. That's a weird. There's never been a good time in the history of the world for somebody. Like, there's never. I get, you know. 9 12 2001 is not the day you wanted to release your new album but you have to keep doing shit you have to keep making entertainment and enjoying entertainment during terrible times because when the fuck is like finally there's world peace now i can enjoy this show on amazon prime which is an evil company shit no i can't what a weird i mean did people just stop doing stuff during World War II? Did they just, out of respect for the soldiers, sit down and quietly wait until the war was over? I don't think so. There were still movies. There was still entertainment. There was radio. Comedy. There was... And maybe they needed it more than ever, as Tom Cruise said, very douchily. I don't understand that idea. And I think it's just, it's a social media thing. Like if, you know, if Twitter was around during World War II, I guess there'd be tweets. <laughs> you know, there'd be tweets like, OMG, Hitler is like literally being a Hitler right now. I can't even. Hashtag WW2. Just heard we dropped the nuclear bomb on Japan. Um, overcompensate much? LOL. Yeah, I don't uh, particularly think the world's in a great place right now either. You know. <laughs> when I drive back from all my gigs and see the tent villages lining the highway, I don't think uh, we're killing it as a society. And... Uh, <clears throat> you know, shit that's happening with Iran and whatever it is. I don't, it's not that I, I, I'm like, none of it matters. It all fucking matters, but, um, I don't, the person who dies the most 
Empathetic doesn't win anything. It's not like I was such a good person I never allowed myself joy? Is that what we're all going for? I don't... You know, there's a line in between not giving a shit and uh, um, still trying to enjoy your life. So that's, I mean, that's a weird thing. That's a weird, that's a very, uh, Twitter in particular, Twitter in particular is like, um, it's always code red. It's always fucking code red on Twitter. You know, the second anything happens, you know, that I guess I'm not that up on it, but we assassinate some person in Iran, who was the world's worst terrorist, even though no one had ever fucking heard that name mentioned one time before. But immediately the hashtag, World War III. Immediately the conversation goes to World War III. Which, (laughs) I'm not saying it's good. None of it's good that happened. Okay? None of it's good. But, if you were just like on a social media and media in general break, if you were like, I'm going to go uh, to Jamaica and not turn on my phone or the TV for a week. In the week you were gone, it went from World War III is going to happen to like, uh, I guess not. You know, so uh, I guess none of us should be on social media, but we all are. And... uh That's what you get. We're all more anxious. <laughs> uh, we're all we all have fucking opinions about everything, and we all have podcasts. Um, but unlike a lot of podcasts, this one is free and it's worth it. Talk to you next time. Show's over. We're done. Bye.